listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Brie Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. Hey, Mallory, it's our 200th episode. Congratulations. Happy podcast anniversary! Holy crap. Two hundred episodes of reading glasses. What? (laughs) What? (laughs) We decided to do an AMA, so thank y'all for your questions, and that's what we'll be doing today: answering your some book related, some non book related questions, some Muppet related, some Muppet related. Get ready. (laughs) Uh, But first, what are you reading, Bria? I'm reading a book that you recommended one year ago, I believe, in our pandemic readings at reading episode. Uh, I'm reading Severance by Ling Ma. Oh, yeah, this is an extremely Bria book. It's very good. Oh, man, Woman on a Journey. Post, it's a, it's a, it, there's an apocalypse. Woman on a, po- a post-apocalypse journey. Um, but it's beautifully written. The prose, mm-hmm. listen, if you, if you are, if you're reading Pathways prose, this is the book for you. Um, it is about a woman uh, on a journey, as mentioned before, uh, who, um, uh, there was, there's a pandemic, uh, trigger, <laughs> trigger warnings for everyone in the world. Um, <laughs> <laughs> content warnings for uh, everyone. Uh, it's about a woman and she, and, and, um, there's this, this fever that hit that, um, cause, causes people to n- not take care of themselves any longer, not eat or do anything, but just to go into like repetition, which I think is so interesting. So it's like, uh, you know, like a woman resets the table and, and picks up the plates over and over again, basically until she dies. Um, so there's this like fever that makes you do all this stuff, but it, but that's really not the most important part of the book. Um, the book is more about her, her internal journey. It talks a lot about pre-pandemic stuff. She worked as a person who, who worked at, um, a Bible manufacturing place. Uh, Oh God, I forgot about that. Yes. And, um, uh, and then she also was a photographer and then she ends up with these people, um, and she's going back and forth to China because of her job and her family is Chinese and um, it's a lot about her family. And it's just it's just really well written. Um, it's so good. I could recommend it to people who don't read science fiction and don't read horror or anything like that. Yeah, not, it's, it's one of those readers. great crossover books. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, a more literary fiction than it is um, apocalyptic fiction in some ways, but it is so beautifully written. I am just enjoying the hell out of it, and it's just, I, it's great. The story's great, but also, like, I just want to hear about this woman's life. It's so fantastic. Um, what, what are you reading? I am reading a book that may have been designed and written specifically for me. Yes. Uh, it's called Thirsty Mermaids by Cat Lay. Um, <laughs> so I loved, I, I talked about this author a few weeks ago when I was talking about her graphic novel, Snapdragon, mm-hmm. which is the book about the roadkill witch. Yeah. Uh, another book made specifically for me. And I love that book so much that I looked, looked her up and I was like, oh, I want to see what else she's written. Um, and I saw that she had come out with this this book this year. It's because so Snapdragon was YA. This is for adults, very much for adults. Um, and it's about a group of mermaids who are all best friends and their favorite activity is finding shipwreck wine. Um, but one day they run out of it and they just, in their drunken uh, party uh, minds, they decide it would be a good idea to uh, enchant themselves with legs to go on land and get some land booze. The only problem is when they ne- wake up the next morning, very hungover in an alleyway on the uh, like in this beach town, they realize that they don't know how to turn the spell back, and they're stuck on land, um, trying to survive while they f- try to figure out how to reverse this spell, and also trying to find a good cocktail. Wait, they're and stuck with legs or they're stuck in yes. mermaid form? Oh, they're stuck with legs. Oh, they're nice. like, okay. they're stuck in human bodies <laughs> and they're in this like beach town and they're trying to, and they're like trying to figure out how to reverse the spell. It is so fucking fun. I absolutely, I read it in one sitting. I absolutely loved it. It's just like made for me. It's these three hilarious mermaids. They all have like these really funny personalities. I just like, I could not, love this book more. It's probably going to be my favorite graphic novel of the year. Uh, so that's Thirsty Mermaids by Cat Lay. And mine is Severance by Ling Ma. 
So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Alexandria wrote in, I just wanted to share what I'm currently obsessed with. Every year, the fantasy subreddit has an awesome bingo for all things speculative fiction. It is a lot of fun going out of my comfort zone with these challenges and letting me visit books that I've never read but always wanted to. There are tons of discussions on these topics and books, which lets me interact with other sci-fi fantasy readers. If you have any other books to recommend about exploration, I would be thankful. Mm. Um, uh fantasy bingo uh, fantasy book bingo sounds super fucking fun yeah jenny wrote in with a dog house and a wheelhouse i'm listening to your episode about dumping books and i've been thinking about the things in books that if i encounter them generally lead me to dump a book an anti-wheelhouse maybe which we've now called a dog house um these things include for jenny a doddering old person who goes on a journey. Unfortunately, my book club picks one of these every few years. A 21st <laughs> century moralistic fable disguised as literature. Unfortunately, my book club. Uh, liter- wow, Scott. Jenny's really calling Sounds out her like, book club. I was, uh, yeah, I think maybe she just needs a new book club. Literary fiction using science fiction tropes as if they've never been done before because they've never bothered to read any. <laughs> wow. And obvious, uh, of course, the obvious racism, sexism, gratuitous violence against women. On the other hand, my wheelhouse might include a relationship novel with really good conversations, intellectual and emotional, no happy endings required, music in the plot or important to characters written by someone who knows, found families going through disaster and rebuilding the world bonus for queer members. We love it. Love it. And a quick bookmark from us, a reminder that we're doing the Page to Screen Book Club on May 8th. That's going to be on Instagram Live. Um, Bria and I are going to be talking about To All the Boys I've Loved Before by Jenny Han. We're reading the book and watching the movie on Netflix, and we'll be talking about it. And I'm loving the book. We're super, we're both super excited about this one. It's going to be really fun, a little more lighthearted than some of the other Page to Screen Book Clubs we've done. And we can't wait. Uh, So you can always email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And if you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month and and an extra recommendation from Bria and I you can sign up for our newsletter there's a link in the show notes before we answer listener questions to celebrate releasing 200 fucking episodes we're going to take a quick break Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by StoryWorth if there has ever been a year to make the moms in your life feel loved and appreciated on Mother's Day it is definitely this one This past year has been rough. I've been very fortunate. I got to see my mother. Um, A lot of people haven't. Maybe you haven't got to see your mother or the mothers in your life, your friends who are mothers, your mother figures. Um, You know, it's a tough time. So honor the mom in your life with a heartfelt, sentimental gift the whole family can cherish together forever. Story worth. StoryWorth, y'all know we love it. We talk about it all the time. It's an online service that helps your family share stories through thought-provoking questions about their memories and personal thoughts. It's a fun way to engage with them, especially if you can't be together in person. And guess what? If you haven't gotten that Mother's Day gift yet, you can order this last minute, like right now. You can order it and uh, they will know that you ordered it and you didn't even have to think of a gift ahead of time. So every week, StoryWorth emails your mom a different story prompt, questions you never thought to ask, like, What's some of the best advice your mother ever gave you? Or if you could choose any talents to have, what would they be? And also you can customize these questions. So if there's ones that you feel like you already know the answer to, or maybe you're not good questions for the person you're giving it to, you can choose to not send those, which is great. Or you can choose to send ones that you really want to know about. So after one year, StoryWorth will compile all of your mom's stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book that is shipped for free. It is awesome. Um, I have actually the one my mother did and I will cherish it forever. It's this gorgeous little book and she even included photos and stuff so I can pass it down to my kids and it's just such a nice gift. Um, so give your mom the most meaningful gift this Mother's Day with StoryWorth. Get started right away with no shipping required by going to storyworth.com glasses and you'll get $10 off your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash glasses for $10 off. Glasses. We are the host of My Brother, My Brother, Me, and now nearly 10 years into our podcast, the secret can be revealed. All the clues are in place, and the world's greatest treasure hunt can now begin. Embedded in each episode of My Brother, My Brother, and Me is a micro clue that will lead you to 14 precious gemstones 
all around this big, beautiful blue world of ours. So start coming through the episodes. Uh, let's say starting at episode 101 on. Yeah, the early episodes are pretty problematic, so there's no clues in those episodes. No, no, not at all. The better ones, the good ones, clues ahoy. Listen to every episode repeatedly in sequence. Laugh if you must, but mainly get all the great clues. My Brother, My Brother, Me. It's an advice show, kind of, but a treasure hunt, mainly. Anywhere you find podcasts or treasure maps. My Brother, My Brother, Me. The hunt is on. This week, happy anniversary, Reading Glasses, with 200 goddamn episodes. Wow, wow, wow. Wow. Four years of making this podcast, solving reader problems, recommending books, testing out book tech, eating snacks. Um, We're not seeing each other in person, but happy anniversary. Happy anniversary to Sean, who is listening to our voices and making them sound better. Um, And to celebrate, we're answering listener questions. Um, And the first question is from Chris, who says... what book do you? What book have you read that you expected to hate but actually loved? And what is your favorite spot to read during COVID? Bonus points if it's not in your home. Bria, what book have you read that you expected to hate but you actually loved? You know, I don't know if I ever pick up a book that I expect to hate. Like if I expect to hate it, it is I'm a probably tough one. not picking it up because even if it's like my book club's reading it or like I'm I need to read it as like you know, research or something, I'm, I'm still like, well, I probably won't read it, honestly, if I really expect to hate it. Um, yeah. I didn't expect to love uh, Carry On by Rainbow Rowell, but I ended up fucking loving it. Uh, it's not normal thing, but I was like, my normal thing, but, but I, I was giggling, I was laughing the whole way through. I don't know if I need to add it to my wheelhouse, but I, it wasn't, I, I mean, I don't want to like, it was just so many people liked it, and I was like, I just... I don't know. This seems like something I'm not going to enjoy for some weird reason. And I I had like a block towards it. And then I was like, wow, this is like one of the best books I read. This is one of the best books I read during the pandemic. It was so enjoyable. I could not quit recommending it to people. It was great. Um, And then favorite spots to read. Um, This is weird. During the pandemic, I started going to this park to work. I didn't even know this park existed before the pandemic. And it It is, is a nice park. It's three blocks from my house. Um, it is, I, I got invited there for actually for Sean's socially distanced birthday, kind of early on the pandemic. And now I literally go every day, every single day I go. So sometimes I'm working, sometimes I'm reading. Um, uh, but usually, especially early in the pandemic, I would take a book there and read like early in the mornings when, (laughs) when, uh, my boyfriend was doing therapy in the house. Um, cause I felt like weird being in the house when he was doing therapy. So I'd go to the park and read. Uh, I read most of... We write upon sticks there. I like have this strong memory, like location book memory there where like sitting in the park, uh, like early in the morning, like, and, uh, they're all, they were like park people like cleaning. And I was, I was like one of the only people there, like sitting on a bench by myself. It was like so pleasant and nice. Um, I do love being outdoors and sometimes I get very like, I'm just going to stay inside because it's easier. Uh, and I, it, it is reminded me that there are so many great outdoor places in Los Angeles. Um, Okay, what about you? Uh, The book that you expected to hate but loved and favorite spot to read during COVID? Uh, It's Piranesi by Susanna Clark. Um, Only because, so her other book, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell, I have bought, started, and given away three times. Um, So when Piranesi got a lot of buzz, I was excited to try it because I the description of it sounded really good but I was like fully prepared to not be able to get through it I didn't think I was going to hate it but I just sort of figured I was going to do the same thing like start it and and not be able to finish it said I fucking loved it and I think I read it in like one day um it is a very short book though Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell is like it's a honker I think it's like I don't know at least like a thousand pages or something um my favorite quarantine reading spot is in bed with a bunch of blankets and my cats um (laughs) we are for various, um, you know, physical condition reasons, both me and my boyfriend have had to be extra wicked careful during the pandemic. And we basically never leave the house unless we have to. Um, we d- we take walks and stuff all the time and we'll like, you know, drop things off and like do a couple social, we've, we've, we did a couple socially distant, like, uh, distance things, but, um, on the whole, like I don't go out to like, we, we also, I mean, in 
which helps is we have a balcony in our apartment that's like a little outdoor area, which uh, sort of satisfies our needs very safely. But we don't we don't really go out, out of the house. Um, hopefully that will change soon. Uh, next question is from Morgan. Um, I love the recent episode about discussing recs from librarians. I've worked in a public library for two and a half years now, and that supernatural ability to recommend books is, for me, a skill I feel needs a lot of improvement. Uh, one of the ways I'm working on it is to think of books I'd recommend based on a wheelhouse you share, so thanks for so much for the practice. Um, if you could have a conversation with any three people, who would they be? Living, dead, fictional, anything you want. Mallory, what do you think? Uh, Shirley Jackson, M- Millicent Patrick, and Ada Coleman. Uh, okay. Shirley Jackson is my favorite author. Uh, you all know why I'd pick Millicent. Uh, and Ada Coleman is a woman I write about in Girly Drinks. Um, she was the world's first female celebrity bartender. Uh, I want to get drinks with them. Um, and I, I think for me, uh, this question always, especially because of the work that I do, I do these like deep researches into, into these people and they, but they, st- it still leaves me with questions and things I want to know and things I want to ask about. So, uh, all three, I mean, obviously I, I haven't written about Shirley Jackson, but, um, I just want to talk to her cause I, I love her. Um, but for Millicent and Ada, like, I just want to ask, I just want to be able to ask them more questions. Um, what are, what are your three? Dolly Parton, Bell Hooks, and Jim Henson. <laughs> but honestly, Ugh. I wouldn't want to have a conversation with any of these people. I just would like to hear them talk and listen because uh, I don't need to be friends with my heroes and I'd prefer not to because I don't want yeah. to ruin whatever that is. Um, yes. I just want to listen to them talk, be impressed, and then leave. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Maybe <laughs> instead of a conversation, just have make your own panel. And, there we uh, go. Make your own panel, <laughs> living, dead, or fictional people. Um yeah, I oh, mean, I didn't realize it could be fictional. Maybe if it's fictional, um, well, anyway, yeah, never mind. Uh, but yeah, I think I would just prefer, I just like, I would like to listen to all these people speak. I would like to be present at a dinner party and maybe slip my questions to someone to ask them, but I don't need to be friends with them or anything. So the next question is from Bailey, who says, I'd really love to get into writing plays slash screenplays slash scripts for fictional podcasts. Do you have any suggestions for books to read about screen slash playwriting? And a question more specifically for Mallory, do you have any recommendations for books about writing nonfiction, especially true crime? Bria, what should Bailey read? Okay, so this is for fictional podcasts. That's kind of like a whole new thing, and I don't know if there's any books about that. I would recommend like the go-to screenplay book for screenplay writing is Save the Cat. Um, it It's just people reference it a lot for like ideas and standards and like little screenplay bits. Like you just kind of like need to know the terms that are used in that because people are going to reference them either as things you need or things that they hate, uh, things they don't believe in anymore. So I think the screenplay writing is pretty standard, but it's also always evolving, if that makes sense. Um, And what's interesting is there is no uh, specific way to write these narrative podcasts. Um, I've ventured into this a little bit. Um, It's kind of a whole new medium. The thing I would encourage you to go look up, um, Bailey, is um, there was Stage 32 did a whole thing about um, how Netflix makes a series. I don't know. Mallory, did you see this? It's like they did a class on it and... Um, there's like this Bible you can download that's huge. It's called like the Netflix season Bible. It's like 40 pages or something. Um, and it's just about how Netflix breaks down a season of a show. And it's like, here's what we need here. Like, and it's, it's specific to Netflix, but it also feels specific to like what we're viewing right now and what we find interesting that our way in is, is now character in the world of most things that we listen to. It's not as much about like, oh, it's a, workplace and it's about this workplace I, whatever so it's it is cool but anyway if you look at stage 32 and netflix this thing will come up you can like just download it or you can go take the class um but i think it is much more season related than um screenplay related if that makes sense movie related so instead of like focusing on a f- screenplay it's more about the full season which i think is what you need for a narrative podcast because you have to think of it in um uh multi-episode terms and what would happen over the course of a season. Um, That's my opinion right now. And I think just listening to a ton of them that are popular is always the most helpful thing to do. Uh, But what about you, Mallory? What about the, um, the nonfiction? Do you have a nonfiction one? 
Uh, I do. Uh, I'd actually recommend friend of the show, Billy Jensen's book, Chase Darkness with me, because um, it's his book about being a true crime writer and how he started eventually solving murders, like real life murders. Um, I, it, it's just he, he he's a great writer. Uh, he is the person who helped um, get. Um, uh, what's the, the Michelle McNamara's book? Um, I'll be gone in the dark. I'll be gone in the dark. Help get that over the finish line uh, after she passed away. Um, he's just a great person. to. He's a podcast. He's just like a great person to read and keep your eye on if you are interested in writing true crime and getting into that world. Um, I also always think the best thing to do if you want to learn how to write nonfiction is to read books in that genre. Find the ones you love and figure out what you love about them. Um, so, yeah, there's a ton of non of true crime books that have been coming out. There's been some great ones in the past few years. Um, so, Bailey, yeah, figure out what you what you want to write about in that, in that world and, um, and find some great books to read. The next question is from Michael. What's a book you wish you'd written Mallory? Anything by Mary Roach. Ah, um, yeah. I love Mary Roach. She does these like deep research dives into subjects like the digestive system, sex research, the afterlife, um, space, where bodies go space. when they die, space, where bodies go when they, when you donate them to science. And she's so curious and she's so funny and she's such a huge influence on my writing um, that, yeah, definitely anything by Mary Roach. Um, Bria, what is the book that you wish you'd written? <laughs> Harry Potter, because it would be <laughs> very rich and very influential, and I would make so much better decisions. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I, then I'd write a whole book about a, about, a, about a trans hero, but also I'd be, I'd just, you know, be able to, I'd be able to finance a whole line of books about, about uh, trans heroes. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, absolutely. Listen, Harry Potter, obviously. Uh, so Next question is from Carmela, who says, what are your favorite horror movies or, or movies that scared you when you were growing up? Oh, Bria? yeah. I mean, Mallory and I both love horror movies, as as we discuss, uh, and horror books. Um, so the scariest movie I'd ever seen growing up, I saw it and I was like, this is one, two of the scariest movies I ever saw growing up. One was Tremors and one was oh, so good. Return to Oz. Um, and those, which is not even a oh, horror movie. Oh, the Wheelers. So scary. When I was a kid, those things really stuck with me. And I think that this says way more about me than those movies, but like what scared me. Um, but, uh, and, and also the humor of Tremors, I think has like stuck with me in a way that I never realized. And then I, uh, anyway, but yeah, I think, I think definitely Tremors, definitely, um, uh, <laughs> those wheelers, ugh, spooky. Um, but then um, I was lucky enough to be a teenager during like the '90s horror renaissance. So I actually saw Scream in a movie theater. That is one of the. That is a movie that got me like back into horror. It made me realize I loved horror. I also loved um, the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie. That is like so influential. I rewatched that recently, and I was like, oh, I was just was trying to be Buffy my whole life, and I never even realized You are it. very Buffy-like. Yeah, I had no idea. Uh, I, um, but some of the scariest <laughs> shit I watch now, I feel like, are true crime shows. I'll, speaking, oh, yeah. speaking of I'll Be Gone in the Dark, I couldn't finish it. I was too scared. It was, like, too scary. I was having nightmares every night. In, I didn't watch it. And, like, waking up in the middle of the night, checking my, the locks on my doors. I felt the same way about the book. Uh, I think something something about it being reality, it is so well done and the book is great as well um but yeah that that's the scariest shit right now for me uh what about you favorite horror movies or movies that scared you growing up um so my favorite horror movies are just like my favorite horror books i will watch anything with werewolves or haunted houses any oh you get a family who is grieving a loss who moves into a new house and oh give me that shit I love it. I love The Shining. I love American Werewolf in London. Um, my favorite, uh, one of my favorite female werewolf movies that no one's ever heard of that I'm constantly cheerleading for is When Animals Dream. Mm. Um, oh, Brie, it's so I good. I know that. So, so, so good. Oh, it's so good. Oh, I'm obsessed with it. I've watched it so many times. Um, it's a female werewolf movie. What else do you need to know about it? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, any, but I, you know, I will watch any horror movie now. I love, love watching, uh, uh, if I go see, it's weird because our movie, I feel like our, all of our movie watching habits have changed now in the pandemic. Like Jeremy and I used to go see, that was like our date night. Like every few weeks we would go watch, we'd go to the movie theater. Uh, now we still watch movies, but just, um, you know, it's a little bit different at home. Um, I watched uh, uh, St. Maud recently. That oh, was really, so really good. good. This new yeah. one. There's not a lot of good horror movies coming out this year. Um, but the movies that scared me when I was growing up were not horror movies. Yeah. Um, 
there, it was always just like stuff that you wouldn't expect. Um, like I was most terrified of the hand tunnel in oh, Labyrinth. Yeah, it's, it's like my worst nightmare. It's like yeah. a bunch of creepy people touching you. Oh mm. my God. When she lands in that thing, it was so scary to me. Um, and the dentist scene in Little Shop of Horrors. Mm. Like, yeah, no, it's scary. I remember when I was watching Little Shop of Horrors, the, like the, the new version with Steve Martin um, and Rick Moranis, um, I was watching it by myself when I was a kid and my mom had to come in and turn it off because we got to the dentist scene and I was like hysterically sto- sobbing. Yeah, that was and a my scary mom, scene. Oh God. And like giant man-eating plant did not bother me. Like yeah. my mother could never figure it out. She was always like, why doesn't, like, you don't get, you love these monsters, but you're afraid of the dentist. Like what the hell? But yeah. I, I you know, do you remember the scene? The scene that really scared me when, a kid, when I was a kid was the um, blueberry pie or some pie eating scene in Stand By Me. I've never seen Stand By Me. Oh, I haven't seen it in a really long time, so I have no idea. I mean, I, I think it's probably holds up, but um, uh, that's just a guess. But man, there was a scene in which this guy eats this pie and he starts vomiting everywhere. And I always would have to get up and fast forward through that part because <laughs> it scared me so badly. Gross. Um, so you can always you can send your thoughts on these these questions to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And before we answer more questions from listeners, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by Autumn's Fire. Y'all, you know we love reading. Reading is what this podcast is about. Well, guess what? Your next page turner is a slice of life with romantic elements called Autumn's Fire. Autumn's Fire, it has a deep look into the character's emotions. It's a gorgeous, fantastical story of friendship, love, magic, and betrayal. This is a great new book by McKee Carson. This seems like exactly the kind of book that our listeners would be into. It's got romance. It's got emotional character journeys. We know y'all love that. And it's also a great story about friendship. Everyone loves friendship. And then, of course, magic. Magic is on so many people's wheelhouses. So make sure you catch this book. You can get Autumn's Fire for only 99 cents. Go to McKeeCarson.com. That's M-A-C-E-E-C-A-R-S-O-N dot com to get Autumn's Fire today for only 99 cents. That's amazing. That's so cheap. Glasses. Max Fun Drive 2021 is coming. It'll be May 3rd to May 14th. To get in the spirit, we asked folks like you to let us know what maximum fun and our shows mean to them. You know, the, the Maximum Fun Network is really important to me because it is not just a collection of podcasts, but it is a lifestyle and a value system. The podcasts frequently and deftly float between meaningful and irreverent, in one moment drawing attention to social issues, and in another making dick jokes about Klingons. It shouldn't work, but it does. And I have to believe it's because Max Fun's podcasts are, at their core, thoughtful and kind and human during a time that has often felt cold and isolated. So keep being great and doing what you do. Max Fun Drive will be May 3rd to May 14th, 2021, and you won't want to miss it. Brilliant apps, drive exclusive gifts, and maybe some surprises. Want to directly support the hosts of the show we just jumped into? Come back May 3rd for Max Fun Drive. All right. It's time for more listener questions. The next one is from Lee, who says, what is your biggest bookish pet peeve and what about in life? Bria? Okay. I feel like this is something that's ha- that I've thinking about, been thinking about lately, but I don't like when people are dismissive of other people's book opinions. Like, like, um, so this is a pet peeve when it comes to like people when it's like, oh, they like shitty books. I mean, obviously we talk about this quite a bit on the show, but I've, I, for some reason I've found it more irritating normal, than normal lately when people are like, oh, but this book is, it, they like this book that's poorly written. I also don't like it when people dismiss a character in a book 
because of who they are or something like where they're like, well, she's just a flighty character. So her like this main character is so flighty. So I can't get into this book or she's just like a party girl. Like, why would you make this character your central character? And I'm like, but this is what's in. I love that kind of stuff. And I, I think dismissing characters outright and people's opinions outright without taking the time to have like a conversation is really irritating to me in life and in art. Does that make sense? Do you know, I mean, I don't want to get into like the details, but like uh, there was a book I read recently and I was having a conversation with someone and they were like, well, I just felt like this character, like she's just a party girl. And like, why would this party girl like, but like they dismissed her and everything she did. And they were like, you know, oh, all she did was like bat her eyes to get out of the situation. And I was like, yes, she used the power that like she had. And I just feel like it was yeah. such a dismissal of like a, a person's skill set. And maybe it's not something that you think is cool or you honor. And that's fine. Like you don't have to like this book. But like I, dismissing it outright was sort of weird. Like, I mean, like we're in these characters' heads. Like you have to kind of like... Yes, that is. She would not use her skill set of knife fighting because she doesn't know how to do that or whatever. <laughs> um, this is a long way of saying I like to listen to other people's opinions and have their opinions respect and and respect them. I, I hope I do and I want mine respected. But then also I kind of like am like more interested in like, oh, this is what the author is trying to say. And I'm like interested in those conversations and I don't like when people immediately outright dismiss something because it doesn't fit into their worldview 100%. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. Um, and particularly when it comes to, like, women, because I think we're often, like, we take women when they're not doing, like, these, like, heroic, when they're not the president or, you know, like, you know, like, they're not these heroic <laughs> yeah. jobs. Instead, they're, like, I mean, I, I think a book that does this really well is the Southern Book Club's Guide uh, to Slaying Vampires where it takes this group of women that we haven't, we, we don't spend that much time with that type of woman, generally. They're not usually our heroines. They're usually women we dismiss. And so I love books like that. And when they immediately get dismissed because it's like, oh, these are kind of weak yeah. characters or whatever. I'm like, no, that's the whole point. That's why we're reading this. Um, anyway, uh, that was that was long. Uh, but w- what about you? What is uh, your bookish pet peeve? Oh, no, you have to answer what about in life? Same. When you dismiss oh, it in uh, life. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Oh, you, okay. It was both. Um, it was both. When it's like immediately dismissing something... Uh, uh, I don't know. I think maybe, I don't know if it's because of the last year, but I feel like things have gotten, a, I, sometimes things are too narrow. People's thinking is a little, if it doesn't fit immediately into like what you might view as a strong female character or something, mm-hmm. um, that then I, I think like being able to have that conversation, like, you know, I don't think of these as strong female characters. So it's interesting to read their perspective. I still don't think of them as strong. That's fine. Like, that's fine. But I think like the dismissal is what really is my peeve. Yeah. The immediate dismissal. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. what, what about what about you? So mine, um, I mean, you all know I hate a love triangle. You do, uh, yeah. But my, I hate them so much. They're very stressful to me. Um, but I also hate, and this is a new thing that I've seen cropping up in a couple of books. And it, like, I, I actually put down a book that had it, like a big buzzy book that had it because it was driving me nuts. When the love interest is like a selfish, awful person, um, but the main character just loves them unconditionally and like has to take care of them um and it's never gets like they just continue the love interest continues to say selfish and awful and it's almost like skewed as or almost viewed as like oh it's 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 so quirky and funny that they're so selfish and awful i'm just like no they're awful they're a terrible person dump them and find some somebody better um it's been really driving me nuts lately um in real life uh, my real life bookish problem is I hate when people are dismissive of genres. Um, it doesn't happen as much. Um, cause right now, especially we're in an echo chamber. Like I only interact with people right now who are, who are genre fans. But when the world opens up again, like I remember, uh, the first year I was on book tour, I forget where I was. Uh, I was at some literary festival and I did like flown into the, ho- flown into the, uh, into the city and got to the hotel and like the festival was the next day. And I was like having dinner at this, um, um, at this bar and this guy came over to hit on me and saw that I was reading Doom Patrol, this mm. comic that my boyfriend writes. Um, and um, he was, he's, this guy started getting into a conversation with me about books and, and, um, and genre and stuff and said something about like, well, oh, I only really like writers that like transcend the genre of sci-fi. And like, obviously this guy picked the wrong fucking person to have this conversation with. But I was like, 
what's there to transcend? Like, I what's wrong with sci-fi? Like, some of the, like, the Bible is sci-fi, for God's sakes. Like, it just really, really bothers me when people are super dismissive of genre, or like, pe- when people are dismissive of romance books or horror books, or they're just like, um, or even the other way, when people are dismissive of literary fiction. Like, they're all fucking books, and I think that if people... Um, we all need to just stop being so snooty about the genres that we read and the other genres that other people read. Like books always have the capacity to be incredible, to be classics, to be important to somebody. Um, and just because they're spaceships or um, making out doesn't make it any less important or any less of like worthy art. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I totally. Agree. All right. Up next, most important question. Who is from Rob? Who is your favorite Muppet? <laughs> FYI. Mine is Ralph. <laughs> um, what is yours, Mallory? Uh, Beaker, uh-huh. hands down. I love the Bunsen and Beaker combo. I love Beaker so much. I love his meep no- noises. My own cats are called the meeps. Um, he never fails to make me laugh. He's so adorable. Would die for Beaker. Uh, and I do want to say we asked Sean this question. I should have asked Sean more of these questions. But Sean wanted listeners to know that his favorite Muppet, he says, obviously, is the Swedish chef. Of course. Oh, that is a funny <laughs> one. Man, <laughs> what I about you, Bria? I don't know. I mean, is it boring to be like, I do love Kermit. I love Kermit. I think Kermit's really no, great. Kermit's amazing. I mean, I love Kermit. I loved Animal, like, as a kid. Um, I also ended up playing drums when I got older. Maybe that was an Animal influence. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just, I generally just, like, like the Muppets. Like, I'm very just, I just think they're very funny. They're very funny to me. Like, just watching them makes me laugh, makes me happy. Um, I was having dreams about going to Disneyland or Disney World later this year. And, you know, they have that Muppet ride at Disney World where you go into the theater and it's 3D. No. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Um, And I was thinking about that literally a couple days ago because I was like, oh, I loved that thing. Um, Oh, my God. For the first time in my life, I just got the craziest craving to go to Disneyland. Yeah, it's fun. Well, that's at Disney World. I don't think they have it at Disneyland. Which is the one that's close to us? Land. Okay. Yeah, it's Florida. Um, okay. uh, so the next question is from Sandra, who says, not a Sarah, but a sister to a Sarah. Nice. Um, in post-COVID times, if it ever arrives, would you ever host a reading glasses retreat? Oh, I love this idea. It'd be very fun. Yeah, it'd Bria, very, what do you think? Yeah, it'd be very quiet. People would exchange <laughs> books. There'd be a reading corner and a talking quarter, <laughs> corner. Maybe a cool author would speak. I'm into this idea, like a little retreat that people come to. and We all go read somewhere together and hang out. That would be very fun. Oh, yeah. If we could figure out how to do this, absolutely. Weekend reading party. Mm-hmm. We, yeah, like you said, we'd have big reading parties. We'd have a book exchange table. We'd invite some author friends. I love um, it. Everybody get together and talk about books and then read. And then go to bed at a reasonable hour. <laughs> Lovely. Get Lovely. up have a healthy breakfast. Uh, so, oh, fantastic. <laughs> be very fun. Uh, the next question is from Sandra. Um, as far as questions goes... As far as questions go, what are y'all's favorite bands? I know Mallory likes metal, same, but I'm, that's from Sandra, not Bria, but I'm always interested in what people enjoy musically. Mallory? Um, Well, Tom Waits always, you know, that I'm completely obsessed with Tom Waits and every single year my top listened artist is always Tom Waits, even though um, Jeremy bought me all the albums and we listened to the albums too. Um, but also right now, Thunder Mother, uh, which is an all-female uh, metal band that I just am completely obsessed with. Uh, Burning Witches, also an all-female metal band that I'm completely obsessed with. Uh, Twin Temple, who sings satanic doo-wop. Uh, just, they're perfect, fantastic. And uh, sort of uh, an anomaly in this group, but Orville Peck, uh, oh, yeah. who is a country artist that I adore and I just... I can't get enough of him. I love him so much and I hope he becomes really, really popular. And I just, I, I love, love his music. Um, what about you, Bria? I think he is really popular. I think he's very popular. Yeah, but I think, I want him to like blow the fuck up. Mm. Uh, he's on his way for sure. Um, I live in a house of music, so it's always changing. <laughs> uh, I, I don't talk about it too much on the show, but people might know that the, the man I live with is a... Um, uh, music producer. So there's a lot of music happening here all the time. Right now, I've been going to my comfort music, I realized, um, which is like 60s soul and 90s punk rock. Um, so like a lot of like Marvin Gaye, uh, Stevie Wonder, Aretha Franklin, like that kind of stuff. And then 90s punk rock, like um, 
uh, anything that can bring back like that 90s, my, my teenage years. Um, I love country inspired artists. Less, I like, I actually like Oriole Peck a lot, but um, uh, less straight up country, more like inspired by country. Um, like current bands, I love this band AJJ. It's the only band that I like give money to on Patreon because I realized I listened to them so much that I was like, oh, I should really pay for this every month because I- I, I did the same I, thing with Twin Temple. Yeah, where you're just like, ah, uh, you know, this is kind of getting me through a lot of times and I'm not, I should send them some money because I don't buy albums that often. Weirdly, I've been working on a script for the past year um, that has a lot of 80s hair metal in it. Uh, Oh, I forgot about this. And so like I... (laughs) I'm always singing a fucking White Snake song. I'm always singing Guns N' Roses. I actually bought a Guns N' Roses t-shirt uh, during the pandemic because I was like... Oh, my God. Thinking about Guns N' Roses so much. Uh, uh, hopefully, one day I'll get to make that screenplay. Hopefully, before the end of the year, I will get to make that screenplay into something. Uh, and uh, y'all will see what I'm talking about because it is so stupid um, and funny. <laughs> and I just find that music so funny uh, it, that it's... Um, yeah. I, Mallory knows that... Um, I I sing it. I think did I? Have I already told this story on the show? Yeah, uh, when you were doing uh, chores and yeah, where I was washing the dog and I was singing. Yeah, dog gets a Uh. bath. Yes, yes, and John. Uh, you know what? I only knew about that when it first happened because John, your the per- the man who lives in your house, texted me and was like, "Bria is in the bathroom right now, <laughs> singing to birthday." <laughs> Oh, the next question is from Heidi, who sent in a bunch of questions, but we can only pick one. Um, Heidi wants to know, besides work and reading books, of course, what are some of your favorite hobbies? Bria, what have you been keeping busy with during the pandemic? Well, I play D&D every Friday with some friends. I also am part of this like movie club. They watch four movies every Sunday. I only watch usually like one or two with them. Um, I also started playing this game called Stellaris online with my brother where you like, it's basically Farmville in space. Um, and it's <laughs> very fun. My brother, my friend. Cassette. Gardening in space sounds like no, Bria's favorite activity. No, it's like, uh, you're making like planets and building planets and shit. I'm playing with, um, oh, that's cute. I'm playing with like my friend Cassandra and my friend Mark and, uh, Brassus the librarian is playing too. So, and my brother. So we're all playing together. It's been fun. Librarians in space. Librarians in space. And then, you know, what's really weird. Mallory knows this, that I started making miniatures during the pandemic. Uh, yeah, you still have to talk to Jeremy about that because he's going to freak out. Uh, yeah, I haven't. Listen, I've been trying to, the one I've been trying to create since the beginning of the pandemic is, um, uh, it's a it's a, it's a bookstore. It's like a little bookstore, and so every, oh my god! And, and the problem is like I was watching a bunch of TV I didn't care about at the beginning of the pandemic, and now I'm watching stuff I care about. So it's like hard for me to like. I was doing it while I was watching TV, and now I feel like I'm like interested in the shows I'm watching more. So I'm not doing it yeah. as much, but um. I'm like maybe a quarter of the way through, maybe a little bit more. Lately, I've literally I've had to make like 30 paper books and it's so time consuming because you have to like cut out all the little pieces and like glue them together and stuff. I'm very bad at it. I'm actually very bad at um, uh, detail work like that. It's not my thing. So it's, so that has been a fun, weird thing that I've kind of gotten into. Um, what about you, Mallory? What is, what are, what are your favorite hobbies? Uh, well, it used to be powerlifting, as you know, um, mm. but I haven't been able to go to my gym in over a year. I used to powerlift two hours every day. I used to wake up before dawn and go to our gym, which me, Bria, and Sean all went to and powerlift. And I think about it every day and I miss it every day. Uh, it's been really hard. Um, but right now it's been playing World of Warcraft, um, which is a game I've played on and off since it came out in 2004. And Jeremy and I had been playing it for a while. Um, but during the pandemic, um, we convinced my best friend to start my best friend who lives in Brooklyn to start playing it and her boyfriend to start playing it. And uh, Lauren got our friend Jen and her husband to start playing it. So the six of us have a guild together and we all get on a Discord voice channel and play it together. And it's been really great because um, what people don't realize about World of Warcraft is it's not just like killing things, but a lot of it is like, oh, I'm going to get my herbalism skill up and I'm going to spend the next two hours like riding my dragon around and finding flowers to pick. Like it kind of can kind of be whatever you want. And Mm -hmm. we always joke that like, it helps us feel like we're traveling somewhere because the world is so big. Um, but also like hanging out with friends. Like we all, last night we got, we all stayed up late to do this big raid and like getting to hang out with each other on discord while like being in this big world and having something else to focus on, um, has really truly saved our sanities, all six of us during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been, 
I, I don't know what we would have done if we didn't have World of Warcraft. Um, so it's been, I, I mean, after the pandemic, we'll still be playing it. Jeremy and I used to play it like one one night a weekend every week. Um, but right now it's like all I, like I, I'm editing the final uh, draft of girly drinks right now. And that's what I reward myself with. Like, okay, if I finish this chapter, I get to go do a quest. Oh, wow. And like, that's all I want to do. Next question is from Holly, who's in a bunch of questions, but we're only going to pick one. Uh, who is your dream guest to have on Reading Glasses? I think it's going to be Samantha Irby or Lindy West. Like how fucking fun would that be? Uh, I, and also I'm very, really, I'm really curious about both their reading habits. Like I would love to know like what Samantha Irby, what Samantha Irby's reading life is like. Like does she, I know she reads a lot of print books from her Instagram, but like what, what are her favorite reading snacks? She talks mm. about snacks a lot. Like I just think that would be a really funny and fun episode. Um, Bria, what do you think? Um, Oprah. <laughs> oh my god imagine i actually would be really interested to hear about um oprah's reading habits i'd love to know what oprah's re- wheelhouse is yeah well she reads a ton i mean she does yeah. read a lot and she has a book club and she reads you know she's a great interviewer and you can tell she does, puts in so much time to doing research on people and stuff uh i mean i'm sure some of that research is done by teams and stuff now but she definitely reads the books you know and so that is interesting to me i mean and she's been such a um voice for reading for a long time and i think it's just really interesting to like she's like you know she loves reading she kind of popularized reading among a certain segment of people and like definitely like made a change a bunch of writers lives you know and so yes. and but i am she curious. definitely made reading cool for again yeah yeah um so yeah oprah oprah for sure damn good pick uh, so the final question, uh, a listener sent it in a clip of her of her reading it. Hey, Glassers. Happy 200th episode. My question is, I want you each to read us a page or a little paragraph from your super secret book journals. You did say to ask you anything. Okay. Um, well, here's the problem. My secret, super secret book journal is like... A plus this book, C minus this book. Like it's not Same. like journaly, unfortunately. Um, I could read my day journal, like what what happened to me, like in the past few years. I could read my daily journal. Do, do, is that interesting? Uh, um, it's, I I don't know. Whatever whatever you want to read, maybe something more booky. Um, so uh, my journal is also like Bria's, and is not a journaly journal. It's more like you know letter ratings for things. Um, uh, so what I'm going to read is from my 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 non-public book buddy, and I'm going to read a list of all the bo- of the books that I uh, I have a little read next list um, for books that are coming out uh, this year that I want to buy, and this is my to buy list for the rest of the year. Um, it is get ready, folks. It's piece the new Helen Oyeyemi book that's coming out, Pieces. Uh, it's The Turnout by Megan Abbott. Girlhood by Melissa Fabos, which just came out, but I haven't, I haven't picked it up yet for, because there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, Night Bitch by Rachel Yoder. White Magic by Alyssa Washuta. Uh, Milk Fed by Melissa Broder, which is, already came out, but again, I haven't been buying books because there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, With Teeth by Kristen Arnett. Something New Under the Sun by Alexandra Kleeman. Uh, Velvet Was the Night by Sylvia Moreno-Garcia. Uh, a Lesson in Vengeance by Victoria Lee. Dial A for Aunt by Jesse Q. Sutano, Wench by Maxine Kaplan, Switch by A.S. King, White Smoke by Tiffany T- D. Jackson, and Not Your Average Hot Guy by Gwenda Bond. There you go, Glassers. All the books that Mallory wants to buy for the next six months. Wow. Um, yeah, I don't know. My Mine is just like ratings and stuff, which you can basically go on my Goodreads and hear the exact same thing. Um, my books to buy... Um, I mean, I have a bunch of new ones coming out soon. I have future books. It's like, uh, oh, interesting. Victories Greater Than Death is on this list. Uh, so it's Clara and the Sun, which I just got. Uh, Project Hail Mary, Survive the Night. There's a lot on there that are like just books that I want to read. Um, I don't know. I don't have a good answer to this. I'm sorry. It's like that the page will be boring. Um, it's not like I, I'm like dear diarying it. Um, um, but next time you should ask for the real diary, you know, not the book diary. Ooh, you, I don't keep a diary. I do every day. 
I uh, I just talk to my therapist. <laughs> yeah, I do every day, and then I do twice a week a deep deeper journal. Wow. I know I journal a lot, but the journal I have that daily journal. You know, that's just like today I did this. Yeah, I was looking, and last year this time I was like, oh, we're watching a lot of this show called Dave. It was on Hulu, and I was like, I forgot, I forgot about that. Um, that's so funny. Yeah. Uh, so we got through almost all the questions, except for there were some Mallory-only tattoo questions that would have taken up a lot of time and explanation and were not book-related. Or I guess, you know, I guess it doesn't matter that they weren't book-related, but they weren't Brio-related. Um, so please feel free to ask me those on social media. Um, but folks, we want to say we can't thank you enough for being our listeners. Whether you have been along for all these 200 episodes and all the bonus stuff we've done, or you just started listening we appreciate you so much. The show has grown so much more than we ever thought possible. It is absolutely amazing to us that we have have this like incredible community of book lovers who are also so supportive and fun. Uh, I mean, we've been making the show for four fucking years and we still have so many things to talk about. So many things we've developed over the course of the show, funny terms, wheelhouses, um, it's just been awesome. You know, we still need to find the perfect reading chocolate. You know, we just, yeah. we're, we've had a blast for the past four years and we can't wait for another four more. Here's to four more years. That's a, And then we just like shove two books together instead of clinking glasses. <laughs> yes, we should clink books. Yeah. You should put like a, uh, I don't know, we need, we need like a celebratory, like, woo, mm-hmm. like a cheering. Cheering, okay. Um, we should have we should have Sean saying that his uh, favorite Muppet is the Swedish Chef. <laughs> um, so as uh, next week we'll be returning to our regularly scheduled uh, book nerdery. But for this week, as always, we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group and Christy and Rachel moderator Goodreads page. Uh, that's another thing we want to thank. You know, there's been such an incredible community that's grown up around reading glasses. Um, you know, on our Facebook, the Goodreads page, we, so many people are active on Instagram and Twitter. You know, we have our um, subscriber Slack channel, which is just a hopping awesome place to be. And it's, it's honest, it's honestly like my favorite place on the internet right now. Cause I just have a, I've been, Social media can be really stressful. Um, so just being able to talk to the glassers and see what they're reading and what they're talking about has been so much fun. Um, and remember, if you want to show off your love of reading uh, and, and reading glasses, we have tote bags and shirts and stickers in the Maximum Fun store. There's a link in the show notes. And if you like the show and want to get us an anniversary present that won't cost you any money, you can rate and review us on iTunes. It's great for us. It helps us reach more readers, helps us get more advertisers. It helps us feel very fancy. Um, we're at, we're like, I think we're almost to, to 1200 right now, um, which is very impressive. Uh, you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening and thanks, thanks for, for reading. reading.